Blog Talk Radio. You think you got what it takes? Then join Big Sarge and J50 in the war room, where politics will never be the same. Taking on the disease they call liberalism and stomping them back into their safe spaces. They don't call this the war room for nothing, ladies and gentlemen. Soul Saturday's discussions tonight as Big Sarge tackles the tough issues that normal talk shows are afraid to. Please call into our show to discuss, comment, or debate any of the topics that we are discussing. This is a two-hour show that will make you think, keep your mind rolling, and we might even change a thought or two. Topics are hot. The people are intelligent. This is an adult show and not for the faint of heart. We don't call this the war room for nothing, baby. I'm a pretty good guy, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at how much fun we can have together. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Big Sarge here in the war room tonight on Foxhole Saturdays. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, a lot on the uh, on the deck. I can see the uh, call switchboard is starting to light up already, and we'll get to you guys, uh, you callers that are calling in in just a few here. Um, <clears throat> just to let everybody know, we have a new and improved chat room over on AmericanPatriotRadio.com. So those of you that are listening in, uh, get your butts over to AmericanPatriotRadio.com. Make sure you get in that chat room because that chat room is new and it's improved. It looks great. It's better than the BTR chat room. Um, It's it's got a lot of versatility and it looks great. So there's a lot of improvements that American Patriot Radio um, has been doing over there. And uh, Doc and the gang have been working very hard at – Improving that website and improving that network uh, every single day. So, uh, again, folks, going over there, uh, you don't even have to log in. Um, there's a guest thing. There's a uh, if you don't want to if you don't want to register, which you don't have to register, you can use your Twitter account. I think you can use uh, your Pinterest account. You can use your Facebook account. Whatever whatever you want to log in, um, whatever platform you want to use to log in, you can use that to log in on this uh, new chat room. So I implore all of you listening in uh, tonight to, to get your butts over there and uh, look at, uh, check out our new plat, uh, the new chat room, the new platform. It's, it's really great. I think it's, uh, I think they did a great job on it. And 
thanks to Doc and Candy and the gang over there at American Patriot Radio for putting that together for us. Boy, I'm telling you what, there's a lot of great changes over at that website. The new schedule's up. So, I, again, get over there, check out the new schedule. Um, Big Sarge got a few shows here in the near future that everybody needs to check out. So uh, if you want to know everything uh, about the War Room, if you want to go over and check out our schedule, what's on the schedule. Not only that, we got some other shows at American Patriot Radio, and our lineup keeps growing every day. So go over there and uh, check us out. And again, that's at AmericanPatriotRadio.com. Our call-in number tonight for the show, for those of you who don't know, is area code 929-477-1432. That number, again, is 929-477-1432. So uh, go ahead and get called in. We'll get you on the air. It's uh, some good uh, good discussions tonight. And uh, let's get on with the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's time for Sarge Says. You know, the world is a very cruel and twisted place that we live in. Things change. You know, I get it. You know, some people are just the way they are. And some circumstances you really can't help. But you know what? I want to talk about loyalty and friendship tonight on Sarge Says. I think those two go hand in hand. It's very hard to, to find loyal and true friends uh, whether it be on BTR, you know, whether it be in the radio world, whether it be in your workplace or or, uh, or in your real life, it's very hard to find those folks, you know, that stick through every single thing with you uh, through thick and thin. You know, it's hard to find ones that'll stay the course. It's hard to find ones that'll believe in you, believe in what you do. Instead of creating a a facade to your face and then leaving you or doing something uh, that's completely the opposite, you know, when you need them the most. This is something very important um, that I think the world is missing today. And when I say the world is cruel and twisted, It certainly is. People are, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? People are, they're weak. They're weak-minded. They they talk a good game to your face uh, when in all actual reality, you know, they either, um, uh, if if they say one thing in front of you, they do another thing behind your back. And um, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, hits hard with Big Sarge, hits hard and resonates, I think, um, throughout the whole world. So um, with that said, it's important to me, and I know it's important to a lot of folks out there, that 
you know, true friends like that and loyalty among friends should be key. I always ask myself, you know, what I think makes a good friendship. I've been asked this many times and I have a single after after much contemplation about 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 it and over many, many years of my life, I have one answer and that's loyalty. I think it's paramount. I think a friend's loyalty is a wonderful virtue. When loyalty is missing, other values will certainly suffer in any friendship. I think this is a quality that everybody should look for in a friend as uh, e- even in relationships. And I'm not going to get into relationships because that's the Rev's department and uh, he does a, p- a pretty damn good job at, at that. So <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Uh, but, you know, ask friendships because, you know, they can be very complicated at times. And I get it. Shit happens. Stuff happens. Things happen. You know, but loyalty between friends always will hold any friendship together, no matter how hard the trials are, no matter how tough it gets. When I'm, when I'm asked, um, you know, how deep my loyalty goes for my friends, I always respond with this quote, this quote um, from an unknown author. I, I can't remember exactly where I read it from or where it was at. Um, I, I haven't actually looked it up in a, in a long time, but I always say, if all my friends were to jump off a bridge, they ask me what I follow, and I always tell them no. I'd be at the bottom catching them as they jump. You see, I'm loyal. And I'm darn proud of it. And and you're right. Friendship is a relationship. You know, remember a friend, a good friend, is someone who walks into your world when the rest of everybody is walking out. My grandmother used to tell me that a best friend is just like a four-leaf clover. They're very difficult to find and very lucky if you have one. She couldn't be more right. You know, friends are people we trust people that we confide in people that understand and accept us as who we are and what we do. If you promise somebody to stay the course on something, you promise them you'll be there in their corner fighting the good fight, stay with them. You know, if you have a friend like that, that's always in your corner, it's a good friend. He doesn't, he or she doesn't leave you at a very volatile point or a very volatile condition, but instead sticks through you, through that? You know the saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. It shouldn't have to be like that. Loyal friends stay. They stick through you. Or they not through you. <laughs> they stick with you uh, through that tough time. They persevere. They persevere with you. You get to the end of it. And you come out on top. Now, people are people. You know, there's nothing that you can do, nothing that you can say that will change anybody's mind once they make up, uh, make it up for uh, for whatever purpose or whatever reason. And you know, with that said, 
I think friends are people we trust. Um, and when life gets tough, you know, they're the people that we can rely on. And that rely on us. The world was made so big, so no one could be alone. Loyal friends are the ones who sees us when someone precious to them, uh, that sees us as someone precious to them, and, and, you know, and doesn't abandon us, even if they have to suffer with us. Loyalty is what binds us together. Loyalty is what makes us endure through hardships just for that one person. Loyalty is a choice. And true friends are those willing to venture into the unknown with us and stay the course when the going gets tough. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I'm going to change the format up tonight. And if I get a few callers, I get a few callers. If not, um, I keep getting some callers that are popping in and out here, and I don't know if they're trolls like they were last week. So I think what I'm going to do here for at least for an hour of this show is um, talk about a few topics. And, um, you know, if we we get uh, some callers in and we get uh, some good conversation going, uh, we'll continue on. Um, but there's a lot of changes coming up here in the near future for the war room. And, uh, we have a lot going on. I was almost tempted to cancel the show tonight. Uh, you know, so I could get some of that stuff in order. I was, uh, you know, almost tempted to say, um, look, let's, you know, let's do this, let's do that. And, and, um, but as they say in, in, in the show business, the show must go on. And, uh, hey, why not? There's a war going on right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's a big war between the left and the right. No matter where you see it, um, no matter who you are in the world, if you're involved in politics, you can see this going on right now, and it's very prevalent in politics. Of course, Candy, I'll take your call. Um, There's a war going on between the left and the right here in the United States. Now, we touched base on this a little bit last week. And, uh, you know, whether you like to believe it or not, uh, it's something that's hitting home with a lot of conservative radio shows out there. And now it's not everybody. It's a certain few. Now, we have gotten um, – the war room here has gotten uh, attacked by uh, what you know by trolls and, of course, on our, on our Facebook page and uh, on Twitter. And some things that, you know, like I said before about the left, what they usually do is they, they tend to bring emotion 
into the fold instead of bringing facts. Excuse me. And during our conversations that we have in our in the war room on, on Facebook or, or Twitter, um, there has been a lot of a lot of chatter, and it's not only it's not only on um, on our page. Uh, I've been seeing lately. This is a this is a trend that a lot of the conservative radio shows are starting to fall off the radar. You know, ones that I used to listen to to a lot. And they're dropping off the radar. And it's because they're getting a full-on force attack from the left. And I'm here to tell you, ladies and gents, that uh, something like that shouldn't be happening. Now, my, my personal belief is the left and the right both should have a platform to talk. I mean, that's what America's about. That's what our country was made for. That's who we are. And uh, that's what we're about. But I see it more and more prevalent in society nowadays uh, with how politically correct we are. Uh, I'll give you an example. It was May 3rd, year before last. I was invited uh, downtown at the Harrisburg, uh, Harrisburg uh, city of Harrisburg in front of the Capitol steps. I was invited to be one of the keynote speakers to an event called Rally for the Troops. Um, it was a great event. Um, a lot of great people there, and we had about maybe 150 to 200 folks there, which was a good turnout for you know for that for that event, which we didn't think it was that bad. Uh, there was a big motorcycle club that came in and, and they supported us, and uh, um, <clears throat> there were some great things happening. There was a lot of great speakers. Um, there was uh, uh, there was a lot of camaraderie going on. People that haven't seen each other in years. Some people that ran into each other. You know, there were veterans of other organizations. It's like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in years. So were their contacts made? There was some reminiscing going on about some of the units you've been to, and then there were regular civilians there that were supporting veterans and supporting our troops that were fighting abroad at the time. It was a very surreal time. It was a very, um, I had a great time. And of course, the last couple of years, I haven't been back because I've been fighting cancer, uh, which I won, by the way. (laughs) I did a little Billy Montana there, by the way. Um, But anyhow, uh, so I'm hoping to get back there uh, next year again uh, to do do it again because I had a great time. But we had, my point is, we had about 150 to 200 people show up. And downtown Harrisburg was giving us some crap about uh, closing off two streets so that we could have parking uh, for the folks um, that would come in and, uh, and support that rally. About two weeks later, after the rally, uh, Pennsylvania passed the, uh, the gay marriage law. Excuse me. Before you go in and say that I'm spreading hate, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't give a crap what you do. I support you 110%. Don't care, um, you know, who you are, what you're about. I got gay friends on both sides, uh, females and males. Uh, so before you say, oh, Big Sarge just spread some hate about the, uh, the LGBT community, now uh, it's farthest from the truth. So anyhow, two weeks later, the uh, gay marriage law was passed in Pennsylvania. About two weeks, maybe a little bit more, give or take a week. I can't, I can't remember uh, correctly off the top of my head. But anyhow, it was a few weeks after the uh, Rally for the Troops event, 
and there was probably three to 5,000 folks on the Capitol steps. And they had flags everywhere. I mean, we had trouble hanging the American flag up where we, where we wanted to hang the American flag. We had two fire trucks come in, and we wanted to hang the American flag down for everybody to see, uh, you know, because it was a rally for the troops event. So Harrisburg kind of gave us some crap about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Lo and behold, a few weeks later, uh, we see um, these, these folks come in. And okay, it's great and wonderful. You got what you, you got what you wanted. You advocated for it. I get it. But whereas some of the veteran orgs that could have used a lot of money to help our veterans that needed jobs, that needed places to stay, that needed to get back on their feet, that needed help, instead of giving the money to those causes, to those veteran organizations, those people that used to give to veteran organizations turned around and took that money. Oh, you know, I don't say take it away, but they didn't, they didn't give it for that year because they gave it to the LGBT community. Again, before you go saying the big stars preaching hate, it's farthest from the truth. I get it. You feel like you're persecuted. And in some instances you are, I get it. However, it pained me to see that the city embraced this and organizations such as banks, and I'm not going to say any banks because, um, you know, I don't want to, I'll call out those particular people on my PA politics Monday show. Um, however, those banks that used to be giving to these veteran organizations were turning around and not only doubling, but sometimes tripling the number that they used to give to the vet organizations. And they turned around and gave it to uh, the LBG Chamber of Commerce and an advocate group, um, which is a, a feminist slash LGBTQ um, radical group. There's a very radical group at Harrisburg. They were getting $50,000 checks from banks and organizations here. They were getting... $20,000 donations. I'm willing to bet, and I'll go back and check on this, so if anybody ever asks me, I'll have the, the solid numbers for you, but I can guarantee you there was millions of dollars being thrown around at those organizations that day. And here we are at the time, we had a Pennsylvania Veterans Chamber of Commerce where we were barely surviving. I was pumping thousands and thousands of dollars out of my own pocket into that organization to keep it alive. So were some of my board members. Uh, we could barely get donations. Um, to help uh, the veterans that we were helping. And we eventually had to close up shop because of lack of fundage. Some of the same people that we were reaching out to. um, And here's how I, you know, when I was president of this organization, here's how I, I had gotten involved in this. And this is how I usually pitched, or if I ever had to pitch, um, to to an organization to to have them help donate to our organization, I would always ask them, okay, if you don't want to give to our organization, um, maybe this organization, which is could be another, which is you, which was 99.99% of the time, which was another organization uh, that had to deal with veterans. Um, excuse me, maybe this organization could use your money instead. If you don't want to give it to us because we're chamber. Um, maybe you could give it to this organization. 
a lot of those people that wouldn't give money to either our chamber or wouldn't give money to any other veteran organizations were throwing money at the LGBT community. And it was really discerning from a veteran point of view, because for those of you who don't know, I'm a, I'm a U.S. Army veteran. Spent many, uh, many wonderful years in the military. To see that happening, it, it kind of was a slap in the face to me. Because here, here we are, you know, downtown Harrisburg, uh, you know, we couldn't get anything. Uh, we couldn't get any support or hardly any support uh, uh, from the city for setup. Um, it was a pain in the ass to get anything done. And lo and behold, three weeks later, it's just like the whole city catered to um, every single organization that showed up um, to that, um, that LGBTQ um, rally a few weeks later. So I tend to have a loud mouth right, from time to time. My wife tells me I need to shut up more often than not. <laughs> and uh, so – I had sent a press release out, you know, stating that, uh, you know, why wouldn't the, why wouldn't the city come together for their veterans, but instead come together for organizations like this. And I said some of the same things that I said here tonight on the show uh, to the press. Now, I wish I would have kept some of those, um, at least a hard copy um, printed out some of those, um, um, news stories because they don't keep them. They, they, they archive them after 30 days off the website. And then you have to do a, a um, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta special request them uh, f- to get the transcripts of, of um, you know, what they posted on their website for news. That's it. Excuse me. Anyhow, I wish I would have kept them because um, during the interviews, when when I had put out all this this press information about how you know um, or why wasn't the money being pumped back into the veteran uh, community because they needed it more than than uh, than those that, that than that community did because they were getting money from Planned Parenthood and and getting money from um, other big time organizations all over the country they were a rich organization here we were struggling and you know what. Our stats. Now, we may have not put thousands and thousands and thousands of veterans to work, but, you know, we put quite a many, quite a few veterans to work through our organization. And I'm not talking about putting them in minimum wage jobs. We got them into good paying jobs. Uh, and the last time our numbers were ran, we were at a 96 percent success rate for every veteran that walked in that door on putting them to work. I think at the time, the LGBT community, when they had their job initiative, they were working at a 25 to 30% ratio for folks that walked in their door to get them jobs. So anyhow, I did a big press release about it. Went all over the airwaves. You know, I got interviews left and right. Everything that I said, except for one, for, for one station, everything that I said had gotten twisted. Words like bigot and and um, uh, homophobe. 
things of that sort were thrown at me and the organization. We defended ourselves quite well, and I was willing, and I stepped out in, in public and told I'm willing to, to debate or talk to anybody from that community and let them know how we really feel and how it should have been portrayed. But nobody wanted to come to the table and talk to us. We got pushed aside because we were an organization that stood up to the radical left and said, hey, why are you pumping all this money into an organization that's pushing an agenda when you have folks? And I want to backtrack here and and let you know that we also put gay and lesbian veterans to work, not just straight. We also put um, those folks to work too. So yeah, when they said, when they called our organization, you know, homophobic, I made sure to let them know that that's what we do and that's what we have accomplished. So their points were of course moot, but a lot of folks didn't see it that way because again, Harrisburg and the surrounding area here is predominantly uh, Democrat. And uh, you know, they have a tendency to lean towards the left. Long story short, um, we ended up shutting down shop, but not before we had a small uh, contingency, a contingency of, of uh, a, 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 an LGBTQ um, group in town that was known for their radical um, dealings and, and known for being um, forceful and known for having an agenda, but yet folks were pumping thousands and thousands and millions of dollars into their organization. They attacked us forefront, no matter where we were, or what we tried to do, no matter what um, fundraising organization we had, they were attacking us every chance they got. And thus later on, we ended up shutting down our organization uh, because we couldn't uh, afford to, to stay up. So that goes to show you right there that when we hear about the left and the liberals being the tolerant of the two um, of the two spectrums, how much of a lie that really is. So now, fast forward a few years later, present time, I get a radio show together. You know, we got about probably 10, 15 shows underneath our belt. Get very popular. Uh, we got a ton of listens. Got great following. And hey, Boyd, uh, welcome to the uh, welcome to the show. I see you in the chat room. And I'll go down the chat room in, in just a minute here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but this goes to show you that the liberal left has an agenda. And like I said, fast forward to now, we have quite a few. Uh, we, you know, our 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 uh, this show is starting to become popular. We got picked up by APR. Uh, people are starting to notice it more and more uh, every show that we get. And now we are also getting attacked. Now I just brush it off. It doesn't it doesn't bother me because, you know, I guess maybe that's the soldier in me coming out. You know, I, I let them know that you know. You go ahead and attack me all you want, but when I shotgun blast your ass back into your safe space, I don't want to hear you bawling and whining like a little crybaby. <laughs> so don't believe 
And you know what? If you're if you're a lefty out there listening in tonight, by all means, call in. And uh, for those of you that are listening in, the number is nine two nine four seven seven fourteen thirty two. You know, give us a call and uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Let us know how you feel um, about what I'm talking about right now. But anyhow, so we get we're getting attacked, and we're relatively young. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. But, you know, we're uh, we're getting more and more popular as time goes on, at least uh, my show is. And now that we're a part of uh, the APR network, um, you know, our listens have have went up tenfold. And they see this. So they go on the attack. And I'm not stupid. Um, I'm not stupid. I had to I, I, I go to the uh because i like to keep tabs on the uh if you want to call them the enemy i like to keep tabs on the enemy and i go to their chat rooms i hang out in their excuse me on their facebook pages i talk to them i debate them sometimes i play the devil's advocate just to just to you know get a rise out of them to see what they actually think about certain things and Almost every page. And then sometimes I play the conservative, which which is what I am. And it's really true what people say. As long as you agree with them, you're the best friend in the world. Now, people could say that about conservatives, but I also belong to a lot of conservative websites as well, or uh, pages as well. And... It seems to me, and, and again, this is my opinion. This is what I had I had witnessed uh, since we've gotten uh, since I've gotten the show back up and running. That the left are not as tolerant as the right are, uh, as the right is. When I see, you know, of course there are some there are some far right folks that that argue, fuss, and fight. But when I see conservatives and liberals trying to discuss topics. It's usually the conservative, and it's probably 80% of the time in, in my experience, it's usually the conservative that, uh, that is the one going into the com- conversation or the topic with an open mind. It's usually the first one to say, you know what, yeah, I kind of agree with that, but what about this? And as soon as you say that, oh, no, the, the left goes, no, 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 that can't be right. No, 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 no. And all of a sudden, um, you're, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're a name at that point again. And this is what I've been trying to tell people. And they say, oh, you know, they, they say just because you're in the military, you were, you were former military, and it's in your blood, it's been in your blood for many, many years, that you want to use this war in context or out of context. And I say, no, I, I, I'm. 110% correct in saying that I'm not using this out of context. That uh, it's going on. It's it's very, uh, it's all over everywhere that you go. And and I'm and again I'm not saying everybody is that way. Most of them are. And I've had some great conversations with a couple of lefties that that uh, you know I ended up. Uh, changing some of their views and they end up changing some of my views as well. Uh, but all in all, there is a, 
uh, there is a definite divide uh, between the, the left and the right. And more often than not, you know, we can't seem to meet in the middle on anything. All right, we got a Skype caller in. Um, uh, is this you, Nas? Oh, yeah, it is. What's up, man? <laughs> Welcome, man. Good to have you on. So have you been listening to uh, what I've been discussing here the past uh, 40 minutes? No, I'm just getting in, so uh, yeah. I was checking you out to see see what you guys were doing on here tonight. But uh, you spoke up leftist, so there you go. <laughs> well, what I was trying to say, and I was given an example of some of the stuff that I went through in the last uh, since we've had the show up, and um, uh, some of the stuff that I was saying was that uh, it seems that there's this war going on against the right right now, and it, it seems that a lot of folks, including myself, um, have been the brunt of the, atta- the these attacks, so to speak. And I, you know, I use that word in, in parentheses, um, but because attacks can come in many different forms, whether it's on your Twitter account or your Facebook page, or whether you're sitting there talking and 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 yada yada yada. But I, I've noticed, and uh, and again, maybe maybe your perspective is different on this. I don't know, or maybe it's the same. But I've noticed um, when I go into certain chat rooms and talk with uh, those that kind of lean left or, or do lean left and those that lean right. I like to call myself center right. Uh, but I do have some, um, I do have a couple of, uh, uh, of liberal uh, thoughts or, or, or liberal tendencies that kind of swing left on a few issues. But for the most part, I think I'm center right. And what I was saying was um, I think there's a, there's a war on the right right now. And um, it's because of, uh, of our, our society being too politically correct on, on a lot of things. So what's your thoughts on that, Nas? Uh, I would just say that it just depends on where you are. You're a person mm-hmm. on the left, you feel like you're getting attacked from the right. You're a person on the right, vice versa. So it's just mostly just how much people kind of go in on each other on social media and kind of let loose on things that they couldn't say to people mm-hmm. normally. So they kind of take it overboard. But I, I think that's just it just depends on where you are, man, because there's an army out there who disagrees with you, <laughs> no matter what side you are. Yeah, yeah, you are right about that, and I, I have seen that. Uh, but I think uh, it's it, lately it's been more prevalent uh, against the right, and I'm not sure why, uh, other than uh, because, like, like I said before, I, I believe that, that our country should hear from both perspectives no matter what, because that's, that's how America was supposed to – that's how America was – uh, supposed to be created, you know. That was our intent as a country, to uh, you know, to get everybody together and say we may agree to disagree, but at the end of the day, we can still have a beer with each other and say, you know what, I didn't ever thought about it that way. Maybe you know, I have to go back and do some research, or or you know what, that that thought there's a uh, you know a good thought, but it seems like there's just so much arguing and bickering lately, and and I just I, I don't understand where that where it's coming from. Uh, yeah, I mean, Would it's you... weird, though, because now we're operating kind of like on a winner-takes-all type of way as far as the government goes. Yeah. So yeah. 2010, when the Dems win everything and they have Obama in office, people on the right felt like they weren't being heard and that, you know, lefts were everywhere. So they started, you know, yelling and stuff. So now Trump gets in, uh, the right controls, you know, all chambers of power. So the left feels a certain way. So now they're lashing out. So I, I think that's just what we're looking at, man. It's, this whole winner-take-all thing where everybody kind of just cheers for their football team and goes after the other side. I agree. Yeah, it's, yeah, it certainly is. And it's not only just on social media. 
I mean, it's out, it's out, out, out and about in society when you're walking out, like I'll have a conversation with somebody in a bar or, or in a, um, or in a restaurant. And then, you know, the, the folks across from us may not, dis, may not agree with us. And instead of, of talking about it, you know, they kind of, they sit there and they, they attack you. They, they attack you personally, call you a name or, or sit there and say, well, you're just stupid or something like that. Instead of saying, well, you don't ever think about it this way, or do you ever think about it that way? Uh, it's just, it's getting crazy. It really is. And, and it's getting more and more prevalent out there in the world. And uh, I just, uh, you know, like I said before, uh, I just don't think it's right. And I, I think that, uh, you know, the folks need to, 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 to grow up and realize, okay, it doesn't matter who's in office. You know, uh, if you feel like you're not being represented, there's a time and a place for everything. And there's a way to get things done. And riots, burning of cars and destroying businesses or and uh, folks like Antifa. I could go on uh, on a rant. I think I'm going to I'm going to talk about them here in a minute. Uh, you know, these are the types of folks that are getting involved in, in today's society. They're getting riled up. These are the type the radicals are getting really riled up. And and and, uh, you know, it's definitely uh, it's a it's a scary situation, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had, I think, what, I think maybe four, but I know of at least three high-profile murders uh, over the past couple of months based on political ideology and some of the things people tell themselves. So I think this is going away anytime soon. So I I just think people just got to use their discretion. Is somebody worth talking to about politics, or are they up to scale to talk to about politics? Because, right. I mean, just just honestly, I, I just don't know if it's a good idea to just be talking to random people now about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, you're certainly correct, whereas before we could, actually. I remember growing up, and I remember my grandfather. My grandfather was just – he was a straight Democrat. He was he was far to the left. You know, I think I'm the black sheep of the family. Uh, but, you know, my, my, my whole family was predominantly Democrat, and um, – <clears throat> But I still remember his next door neighbor was a, a diehard Republican, and he ran far right, and they they got into some heated conversations, but they were okay at the end. Or like a a, a friend of a friend came by and, and they talked. You know, there were, I was always talking politics out on the front porch at the, uh, um, you know, at, at our place. And uh, but whoever whoever came up, no matter what you believed in or who you were, there were some very heated conversations. But at the end of the day, it was just like, okay, well, we're going back home now. I'll see you guys later. All right, see you later. And and that was it. And it's like, but today it's it's different, man. It's just it's it's uh it's a hell of a lot scarier. And hey, maybe you're right, Noss. I mean, we we really gotta gotta be careful who the hell we talk to. And and it's sad because we live in America and we have to be careful what we say. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll just put it like this. Just be honest. If you just go outside and throw a rock and hit a citizen. Are you going to be talking to a politically engaged person who really knows the issues, or are you more likely to hit somebody who's, you know, kind of ranting from an echo chamber and a little bit of information? So I don't know how how much you get out of those conversations anyway, man, at this point. Just being honest, because for the most part, you're not going to teach anybody anything because they're going to be, you know, into the, dug into their position. Mm-hmm. And you know, what what good is really going to come out of it unless you're somewhere where you know everybody's pretty much astute and you're kind of arguing back and forth and it's just, you know, political discourse. Like, that's 
you know, that's no issue. That's what it's supposed to be. Well, we're even seeing it in in our in our Senate and Congress, you know, on both sides, or our Senate and uh, and House, or you know, I'll just I'll just say Congress. That you know, way, I cover all bases. Uh, we're even seeing it in Congress right now between the two uh, uh, between Democrats, Republicans, and Independents. They're just uh, they're they're bickering, fussing, and fighting, and instead of uh, trying to solve all the issue, they're slinging mud at each other. Like for instance, Nancy Pelosi said today, which I mean, I don't even know why this woman's still in office. Uh, you know, she said, to, she said she wishes McCain, Bush or Romney were president today instead of Trump. <laughs> uh, and it's like, where do these freaking people come from? I mean, I, you know, I get riled up and I understand and this is where I was saying, I don't know how you feel, Nas, on this, but I, I believe there should be term limits in, in Congress. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I've heard people say that for years. not a big thing with me because all I think is that means uh, corporations can rent politicians as opposed to buying them. So I, I don't think term limits change as much. I think you're just getting the scoundrel out of there fast, and then he goes to work for whoever he was supposed to be, you know, <laughs> setting standards for or regulating or whatever and then you get another one that they rent for a while so I, I don't think term limits is the issue I think the issue is money coming in and people being able to you know persuade politicians to do what they want well I mean yeah I guess I guess you're kind of right in that that instance it could go that way but wouldn't you think we'd have more of a chance of getting somebody in there that actually do the damn job for a change instead of uh, just, you know, kind of just rewriting the same old page? Because it's the same thing anyhow. Even if we get a rented politician or we get a career politician in there that's being bought and paid by lobbyists, you know, what's the difference? Yeah. That's why this is so difficult. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, they're guess- working on it because every year they come up or not every year, but every couple of years they come out with finance reform. So, you know, mm-hmm. they're working on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Boyd asked. That's what they uh, tell. Boyd asked what the uh, call-in number was. I'm getting ready to give him the call-in number real quick. It's uh, for those of you listening in. The uh, call-in number is nine two nine four seven seven fourteen thirty-two. Again, that number is nine two nine four seven seven fourteen thirty-two. Feel free to join in on on the on the conversation. Take that zero out of there, boy. That zero doesn't belong in there. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, getting back to what I was talking about, um, and, and, and it just goes to show you, you know. And, and I, I can get real heated about this subject, so I gotta, I gotta watch what I say and how I say it, and how I, you know, because I don't want to, I don't want to come off as, as that guy. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Because you always have that mm-hmm. that guy in, in, in a group. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, yes, boy, four, seven, seven, 1432. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to, oh, you should have, you, you should have heard me the other night when they were talking about repealing Dodd-Frank. Oh, oh, <laughs> I was <man>. not reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand that. Yeah. We all do and, it. Yeah. And, and it, 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 you know, you get passionate about certain subjects and you get in and you start talking about it. And next thing you know, you know, you're just, uh, uh, you know, you're arguing and fussing and fighting about it, but hey, you know, uh, that's why I call this the war room. Yeah, it's been pretty chill tonight, believe it or not. I know I'm competing against another show out there uh, tonight on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, it's our first sunny 
weekend <laughs> here in Pennsylvania. Mm. A lot of my local, my lot of my local listeners are out doing things tonight, which I completely understand. It's it's hard to run a show on a Saturday night, that's for damn sure. But oh, yeah. like I like I said, the show must go on, and um, uh, I think we're doing a real good job with it tonight. So let me ask you a question, Os. Um, to this week, one of the London Bridge terrorists said that he wished he he could have had time to get a bigger truck to kill more people. The okay. the um, the London mayor. If I'm, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the London mayor. Yeah, Mr. Khan. Yeah, Mr. Khan. He was brought on um, yesterday to talk about that that particular subject and how he's not utilizing his police force to protect his own city. And this, this raises up a concern. What we talk about, we always come back and talk about this all the time. And it it always seems like we come back to talk about the subject, but is, is it getting to the point now where we're putting these folks um, in office now as well? And, uh, and and they're not really uh, there. It it almost looked like he was kind of protecting those, those people, you know, because he wasn't saying anything against them. And 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 he always kind of dodged the subject. So what do you think about that guy being the mayor of London and, and, and not really doing anything about what had happened and telling his citizens to just go run and hide? No, I, I think uh, I think Khan is a respected guy over there. Uh, matter of fact, those are the people that have to be the voices in uh, this whole issue with terrorism. Uh, the, the Muslims who are moderate or the Muslims mm-hmm. who are you know, anti-Wahhabism uh, and, you know, all these other little fundamentalist sections of, of, of Islam. Uh, those are the people who are kind of going to have to lead the charge because they have some credibility, even with the crazy people. So, I mean, I don't look at it like that. And as far as Khan, he was a really popular mayor uh, up until all of this went on. We'll see what happens afterwards, how he how he handles this. But, you know, they escalated the police presence so some people were uneasy about that. Londoners aren't used to that kind of thing. So we'll right. see where it goes. Cause I don't know if they're going to allow him to just have police out there all the time like that. Mm-hmm. That's not, <laughs> they're not big on that over there. So I, I don't know, man. And then when it comes to terror, man, like I said, the, the biggest thing with terror is they only win if you're terrorized. So I mean, right. if you start acting irrationally and doing things that you normally wouldn't do, you're allowing a ragtag group with small funding and little arms to defeat a nation. Mm. Now, now you're, you're absolutely right about that. I got Boyd on the line. Let's see what Boyd has to say. Hey Boyd, how are you tonight? Are you there Boyd? I guess maybe Boyd went AFK. (laughs) All right. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I was just muted. It took me oh, a while to get to my mute button. All right, all right. So, so uh, how are you tonight, man? How how you been? I'm pretty good. Hanging good. in there. What yeah. do you think about watching what we were talking all, about? Watching all the BS. Well, <laughs> it's kind of hard uh, to do that, ain't it? Yeah, I think uh, I think Con or whatever his his name is uh, is a chicken shit. <laughs> Why do you, you think know, that? I, I I think he's uh he's playing right into the uh terrorist hands. Mm-hmm. You know. Run hide tell hell. You know, the uh the the hero of the night, you know, the lion of uh, London. 
you heard what he did. Right. He took on he took on all three of them. If yeah. He yeah. You know, and you know, if people when that shit starts happening, if they all run at them instead of run away from them, then who loses? Yeah, mm-hmm. some some of some people are going to get hurt. You know, like this guy, he got cut up pretty good, but he didn't he didn't lose no fight. You know, mm-hmm. when it gets right down to it, they went they they were the terrorists were the ones that ran out of the bar, and he chased right. them, and he was right. still all cut up. Well, don't you think that? Don't you think that's kind of reckless, though? Yeah, it's uh, a good way to get sued, yeah. man. I mean, you got to remember, public conversation and private conversation two different things. What mm-hmm. that mayor says to the police force privately, I guarantee you it ain't all that soft, nice words and whatnot that he says on the microphone. Just like, you know, <laughs> y'all know how that goes. Yeah. You know, well, it's like this. Had that attack happened in, uh, say, any place but New York or California, mm-hmm. you know, that attack wouldn't have lasted eight minutes before the cops got there and shot him. Right. You know, the cops would have got there to pick up the bodies. Yeah. You, you, you do know. have a good, you do have a good point on that. You know, with the, uh, I believe most of the London police are unarmed anyhow, if I'm not mistaken. Right. As far as supposedly I know. One, supposedly uh, one of them got killed and the other two ran away. Right. So as a Londoner, and uh, not said something about this. I know that uh, the, most most of the Londoners uh, don't don't like to see a bunch of guns floating around or or uh, you know or like a military slash police police presence. But as somebody and I, my cousin my cousin is a Londoner. He lives and it's this only happened probably about um, um, a couple of doors down from where he lived, or at least a couple. I'm sorry, a couple of streets down from where he lived. And uh, the first words out of his mouth um, was this this effing um, mayor of ours doesn't have his shit together and he's protecting and letting every anybody and everybody in. And here we are. We have terrorists running over people, stabbing people and blowing people up. And he's one of the folks that's, that's lived there since a little boy. And he's saying this. So, yeah. And I would like to think, uh, and, and I know him, I, I know I've been, I've known him, you know, of course I've known him all my life and he's always leaned left, but to hear him say this, um, and he says our part, he, he told me, he said, our police are worthless. He said, it's the most worthless police force in the world. He says, they basically run out there and say, Hey, stop. Or I'll say stop again. And that's it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, that's crazy. You know, it's it's like this. I will not call the Brits cowards mm-hmm. because of their wartime exploits and stuff like that in their army right now. Right. But, you know, when you've got, you know, half your population happen to be debts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, they're forced to be unarmed, then... Um, this is what you can expect. Right. You know, uh, yeah. that's just the way, that's just the way it is. The cops can't be everywhere all at once. Even if all the cops were armed, you know, mm-hmm. 
even with even with just sidearms, right? Know, just like here, they are not everywhere at once. Right, right. Well, I mean that's a good point. I, I understand that cops can't be everywhere. Um, I can, I understand they can't be everywhere at once. But what what his point was, what he was trying to tell me was, um, and he liked the lion of uh, what do they call him? The lion of uh, the London Bridge lion or whatever the hell his whatever the hell yeah. they call him. Um, he was actually very. Uh, he called him a patriot, and he was calling him a um, a hero. And um, I was like, all right, you know, the guy, you know, he 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 reacted, and he didn't let them um, bother. Uh, he didn't let them. Uh, we'll use the word terrorize. He didn't let them terrorize him. He actually went on the offense and didn't play defense. And so, but on the same token, um, everybody calls him a hero. And I'm playing the devil's advocate on this. Um, what's to say the next time, you know, the terrorists don't use that to their benefit? And I think you both know what I'm getting at on that. So you have yeah. more people now that are want to step up to the plate. You have more people now that, all right, we're going to be just like the Lion of the London Bridge. And next time it happens, we're going to go in there. We're going to tackle the guy. We're going to beat him up. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Well, now you got 15 or 16 people trying to – trying to run after one guy or, or a few guys or what, what have you. And who's to, who's to know if these guys have bombs strapped to them, you know? Yeah. So, and that's, that's why you can't like but, sanction vigilante justice. It just has to be a thing to where somebody's just protecting themselves or other people in the moment. If they feel like they can do something and they, you know, they, they choose that choice, then they can do it, but you can't really sanction it because, you know, mobs, aren't really the most reliable thing. And sometimes they can go overboard and attack in a situation that's not, uh, you know, worthy of attacking. So that's the difficulty of, you can't like put that on a, on like your public policy or anything like that, or encourage people to do it. That just has to be something somebody wants to do. But uh, Corbin, the guy who actually looks like he was beating the hell out of May and kind of flipping the board over there politically he made the statement uh, that those foreign wars and foreign interventions and arms sales is the biggest issue that they have where, where they're creating terrorist nests. Some of those people from Libya that they armed ended up in England attacking people. So it's like right. how much of this foreign war stuff that's ended up blowback on the citizens are people going to stand for from here to the U.K.? Mm-hmm. Well, well, so you're let, saying let, that we should be involved in it? Go ahead, boy. Let me interject on that. Okay. They have had some, uh, what, seven or 800 people leave England, go to the Mideast, <clears throat> join ISIS and the radicals. Right. Okay. And they are, they are shooting and firing at British troops and killing British troops. Mm-hmm. And yet these people when they think they've had enough of that shit or have uh, learned enough, return to England, and they let them in? Can you can you imagine that? Can you imagine during World War II British people going over and fighting for Germany and then going back to England and being allowed to uh, just go back into the population? You know what? You make can a good you, point there. Can can you? Yeah, I'd I, I have to look at how many times that's actually happened. But if their vetting they've process got, is that got, lax got, or that that inefficient, 
then they got some serious work to do on their counterterrorism they've, they've program. Got, they've they've got five hundred or six hundred known people that have done just that that are back in England. You're right. You, yeah, I, but my point still holds though, because you talked about them shooting at British soldiers. British soldiers who were stationed where? British soldiers who were stationed to do what? You see what I mean? So it's like these, this foreign intervention stuff, man. Wait, wait, wait. At a wait, certain wait, point, wait, what wait, are we getting out of this besides the, the possibility of terror? Go ahead, no, boy. You're not. You're not. You're not understanding. <laughs> you don't understand. Period. Mm-hmm. You go out and you're involved in the war. Okay. What? You've sent your troops over there. To do a mission Now your, Part of your civilian population Runs over there To fight against your own military And they shoot and kill Shoot your military up They uh, shoot your allies up And whatnot. And then you turn around And you allow them to re-enter your country now you're right about no, that. No, I heard that, that. That was, that yeah, was yeah, easily yeah. understood. It wasn't a thing of understanding. It was a thing of getting to the initial question, and you skipped over it again because you talked about being over in a war and them shooting at them. Once again, these foreign intervention wars that are based on global markets and you know controlling how the world works, these are the issues because the only people who feel the blowback are regular public citizens, not the people who signed, signed the letters to go to war, not the people who send the troops over. Regular folks are the ones who are in the line of fire when the blowback comes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I noticed I did I did hear this uh, what you what you were saying there, Boyd. Um, they actually said it. Oh crap! It was Piers Morgan and another another person. We already know Piers Morgan swings way left, and he said that there are 500 known folks that have done that, and yet the mayor of that town let them come back in, knew about these people, and let them back into their society. So where do we hold the where do we hold people accountable for that? Who do we blame on that? Do we blame it on the mayor? Do we hold him accountable? Do we blame it on our our government? And hold them accountable if we're letting these people not necessarily America, but I mean they're trying to do the same thing here in the United States. You know, if they have their way, they're just going to open the damn floodgates and let these folks come back in. Yeah, but that's your terrorism program and your national security. That has nothing to do with a mayor or. Or even here, like if something happened like that, that wouldn't be Trump's fault. That would be the people who are vetting the people coming in or not vetting them uh, thoroughly. That would be them. So right. that, that would be something outside now, of their would, wheelhouse. Would, They'll would, probably get the would, blame, wait. but that's not their fault. Right. Go that ahead, would, boy. That would, that, would, that would directly be Trump's fault for allowing that to happen. Because those Come people on, man. who are doing <laughs> those people, hey, listen, those people who are doing it mm-hmm. and uh, – Willingly doing it, they are traitors. They okay, they but you can't you can't blame the president for somebody being bad at their job or a traitor. Like you're saying, somebody might do it purposely. That, that's not something that the president can blame. You know they, how many employees they, they have for the <laughs> terrorism and you know NSA and all these other different things. Like you find those those needles in the haystack one by one. Like you're not just going in and finding a whole group of people who are incompetent or corrupt like that easily. So, I mean, right. I, I don't see where you can do that, where you blame the president at that point. He didn't appoint all those people. Well, unfortunately, it's just like, uh, it's just like everything else. <clears throat> you know, uh, if you work for a company or you work for a, for a nation, 
whoever is in charge is the ultimate responsible party. Yeah, but is that rational? Okay, I'll put it to you like this. They knew before 9-11, they knew some activity was going on. This was during the Clinton days. Uh, during 9-11, Bush has been in office a few months. It happens on Bush's watch. So you're saying that's Bush's fault? Like, do you see how this works? Like, I understand people want to find somebody to blame, but sometimes, man, we're attaching things to people that they really don't have that much say in how that department runs, you know, as it goes. Right. right. Yeah, but here's here's uh, here's here's where the blame gets put. Okay, when when it comes down to that, right now it's going to get put on some federal judges because Bush came or Trump came in and he put a ban on seven countries for immigration and for refugees until they could get the vetting process figured out. Mm-hmm. He was legal. He was authorized to do that. And um, two federal judges said, no, you can't do that. Well, if it ever comes down and, you know, we get hit and there is blood on the street from that, that blood belongs on those federal judges. Right, right, right. Yeah, All right. Um, well, well, we'll get to that in just a second there. I'll hold you guys' thoughts. We're at the top of the hour. I forgot to do a top of the hour uh, break real quick. Uh, this is the War Room with Big Sarge. We're at the top of the hour here. And if those of you who are listening in, please join us. Excuse me. At uh, www.americanpatriotradio.com, just like it sounds, americanpatriotradio.com. Uh, hit the live button, go in our chat room. Uh, you don't have to uh, sign up for anything in, in particular on the chat room. It's a brand new chat room. It's uh, it's new and improved. It looks great. Um, I love it. So if you're listening in, join us in the chat room. There's some great conversation going on in there. And plus, if you go to American Patriot Radio, you can listen to us in high-definition quality sound, as opposed to BTR that doesn't have high-definition quality sound. And the 17th, which is next week, will be our last show here on BTR. We will be making the transition over to American Patriot Radio. For those of you who do not have that number, please write this number down. It is area code 712-770-4160. That number again is 712-770-4160. You enter in the PIN 263-151. Get you right into call queue, and uh, you'll be live on the air with us uh, then. So, again, uh, go there, uh, because after next week, next week will be our last show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be transitioned all the way over to American Patriot Radio. This is The War Room, and this is Big Sarge. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got uh, two great uh, uh, regulars on the show, uh, Boyd and Nas. 
Uh, again, I appreciate you gentlemen coming on the show. It's always a great time when we sit here and talk with you. So anyhow, uh, let's get back to what we were talking about. Uh, we have, uh, you know, on that same topic, there has been rallies all over the United States today against um, the Islamic law and Sharia law that is trying to be imposed in a couple of states. I know that Seattle and um, Chicago uh, both are trying to adopt a Sharia-type um, uh, law into their, uh, into their books over there. And there was tons of uh, protests about that today all over the United States. There was actually one including here in the, in, uh, in the Harrisburg area, and it got quite a, quite a crowd. Now, on the flip side of that, there was also uh, protests against those people that were protesting. So there was protests against the protests. And those, excuse me, those folks were predominantly from Antifa. Nas, you know a lot about Antifa? You know who they are? Nas, are you there? <laughs> All right, it seems like uh, maybe Nas might have took a, took a little bit of, bit of a break there. Boy, you know who Antifa is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So these guys are, are sitting there protesting against um, what, uh, you know, what's going on in Chicago and Seattle, but yet they're calling themselves, um, you know, anti-fascist. I, I, I don't know how many, uh, you know, I actually got involved with uh, the local or, or not involved, but I was uh, at, a, at a rally uh, not too long ago, uh, probably about a year ago when I first heard about this organization and they were moving into the area and I'm telling you what, this is a scary organization. They cause trouble everywhere they go. Um, um, are you familiar with them, Boyd? Um, have you ever seen anything about them? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've watched, uh, some of their antics. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think about and, Antifit? Do you think they're, 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 they're going to be, uh, you think that maybe we should uh, start, that our government really should start looking at them as a uh, as a radical organization because it seems to me like every every uh, at least in, in my experience from what I've seen and from what I've experienced um, from going to these different uh, rallies or protests that uh, they're pretty violent. Oh yeah, yeah they are. Uh, the uh, the thing that's going to happen before they do anything is, uh, you know, they're going to get, they're, they are going to start coming up dead on the street because of their, their violent act antics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're talking about the antique, right? Yeah. At that point, there's going to be holy hell to pay. Mm-hmm. And the government is not, uh, well, let's put it this way. We don't know that the government's not looking at them. True. But, you are right about that. Uh, you know, but even in self-defense, if we start, you know, putting holes in those little boys and girls, uh, we will be the one, at least in the press, that are the violent ones. Right. Um, right. And so... It's, uh, you know, I don't know. But, no, it's, uh, it's, it's it, a very... The, the, lid, the, lid, the, lid, the lid's, the lid's going to blow this summer. You think so? Yeah. 
Now, I, I think so. Are you on here yet, Nas? Yeah, I'm back. I had to get some coffee. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, we were just talking about the uh, protests all over the United States and how there was, uh, you know, Chicago and Seattle are trying to integrate Sharia law into their into their law system. And there was protests against that all over the United States today. But there was also protesters against the protesters, and the majority of them were from Antifa. And my question was, do you think we should start looking um, And a lot of those um, – sorry, I need to backtrack here. A lot of – and during a lot of those today that happened, there was tons of video out there about it. The Antifa guys got very violent. Do you think maybe it's time that the government or at least the anti-terrorism part of the government starts looking at these guys as a, as a threat? <laughs> Starts, man. Come on, Sarge. You know better than this, man. Uh, they've just, they've already just, been doing that. They got dossiers sure. on everybody in Black Lives Matter and Tifa, all militia groups. Uh, a lot of these new neo-Nazi groups. They got dossiers on the FBI and James Comey, who the liberals somehow love all of a sudden, uh, and they're <laughs> acting like the FBI is this paragon of virtue. <laughs> but yeah, they've been keeping the files on all of these people from the beginning of these movements started. So that that's uh-huh. already being done. NSA surveillance, uh, you know, monitoring of who they talk to, data mining, all of that is going on. Uh, read some of that Snowden stuff, man. It's right there. They, they've been doing that. So that's that's not an issue. But mm-hmm. we can't say Antifa's a problem and not bring up these Nazis who are out here uh, who have no. actually killed people. Like, mm-hmm. we, we've got, like, four killings in America in the last few months uh, right. based on people with this Nazi ideology. Right. Yeah, no, no, I don't disagree with you at all. We we should look at look at all of these groups. But yeah, they probably do have dossiers on them, but I still don't see them on any watch watch lists either from the FBI or usually they post those watch lists that you know, hey, we're, yeah, you know, we're you know we're we're sitting there watching you, um, but there's really nothing being done about it. As a matter of fact, no, the one no, here look in into Har- it. They are. I'm telling you, they are. They they already talked about the one with Black Lives Matter, where they were already uh, monitoring them. And you can mm-hmm. best bet Antifa, same thing. Uh, the neo-Nazi group, same. Any militia group, same thing. Right. Uh, right. I mean, just think about it. A couple of years ago, uh, a lot of uh, well, you, what would you call them? Gun clubs were being monitored. So I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, you already yeah. know, man. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right on that. I I, I don't say, want to say that was a stupid question, but that was probably a rhetorical question. <laughs> hey, we may not like Snowden for what so for some of the stuff that he leaked, but he wasn't lying. That's one thing you never hear from the people criticizing him. Yeah, you're you're right about that. So, do you think he's a traitor? I mean, since we're on the Snowden subject, do you think he's a traitor, or do you think he's doing the right thing? Uh, see, th- th- now this is difficult because he went to Russia. And we don't know mm-hmm. what he gave them. But right. then the other side of this is Obama prosecuted more whistleblowers than any other president alive. So if you're a whistleblower, I mean, okay, what do you – you turn the stuff into your supervisor and then what? All of a sudden you find yourself being prosecuted? So, mm-hmm. I mean, just think about the dilemma he was in. So that, that's why that one is real hard for me. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm kind of on the fence with Hal Snowden – and uh, of course, you know, in his defense, and I don't say it's really a defense, but, um, you know, he was being pursued. So um, I guess he went to where he thought would be the safest place where he could live. Yeah. Did you know they would have thrown him that, in? And, 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 and that whistleblower thing is big, though. If we're prosecuting whistleblowers, 
that takes away, you know, the incentive for somebody to turn something in when they find something really, really bad. If they if they see what happened to, what's his name, Manning, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, or, or Snowden, it's like, okay, if I turn this into my supervisor, they're going to turn on me. Right. So, I mean, whistleblowers should should feel safe to, to bring out information that's that's valuable to the public. And I don't know if that's the case right now. Well, you know, on that same topic, uh, you know, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea Manning or whatever the hell his or her name is uh, today, um, you know, Obiden, uh, Obama, I said O'Biden, <laughs> there's a name you haven't heard in a while, um, Obama pardoned him and he did the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, where, where, where are we going to, you know, where, where, where do you draw the line, you know, on that? But you are right. More and more whistleblowers are being prosecuted or chased across the, across the globe uh, for and being labeled traitors uh, than not. Uh, of course, you know, again, we probably don't know the whole story behind that. So what do you think, Boyd? Well, Snowden could have uh, approached it in a different direction. Mm-hmm. He could have uh, uh, shown, you know, that the NSA was was tracking, you know, stuff. You know, was was tracking people, mm-hmm. citizens. But he did not have to bring out classified documents, which he did. He brought out right. classified documents. Same yeah. thing with uh, same thing with that Manning thing. Right. Um, They brought out classified documents and shipped classified documents. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that point, yeah, you know, they're no longer a whistleblower. You know, they're, they're leakers and or spies. Right. You know, just like, just like the girl in uh, Georgia now, you know, who thinks that She's cute and she's young and she'll get off. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, she released classified documents. That's a no-no right from the beginning. No matter how you feel about about documents or what you're looking at, uh, if it's classified, it's classified. Right. You know, right. and yeah, you're not get- supposed to do that. Period. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right about that. There is a line you got to draw, and especially when it comes to national security, if you're releasing that shit out to the public, um, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get the folks that are that are, uh, you know, the enemies uh, of our of our country that are that are that are able to see all this stuff. So yeah, I, I guess you know, in, in the same context on that, you could say that uh, um, uh, you know, where to the government could could actually be right in that instance and say, Hey, you know, you're no longer a whistleblower. You're a traitor, especially when you're releasing confidential information over, over public venues. What do you think? Nas? Yeah, I think I'm hearing a allegiance and a respect of the, the, the ability of government that I've never heard from people on the right. Like if they can just classify something as, you know, you know, decide something that's classified, how many, you know, bad things can they hide or cover up or just put it to this point where you just scale everything as top secret classified and you're going to punch the hell out of people. You can get away with damn near anything. So I I think in our free society, 
I think it's necessary that people, if they think something is going overboard, I, I think it's I think it's right that they leak it to the media and see if the media feels like it's a worthy story and then see, see what people think after they read about the story, see if it's something that they feel like they should know. Uh, that girl in Georgia, man, she's way too young to be trying to do something like that. Like she sent stuff from her workplace, her work computer, like she's way too young to be trying something like that. That was above her skill and pay grade. But she felt really passionate about something, and it's kind of sad that she's way too young to to get into something as big as she did. So she's going to be in serious trouble because, I mean, hell, if you do leak something, there are going to be some consequences if you get caught. I mean, that's right. You know, that's kind of how it goes. But yeah, from no, the work yeah, computer, but, man. Yeah. <laughs> but here's you know, uh, here's here's a. Uh, uh, um, Here's kind of where the line is that I draw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, some of the VA whistleblowers, you know, they're not releasing uh, national security information, you know, when, when, they, when they do their thing. Uh, uh, folks... In the IRS, you know, um, unless they are absolutely uh, releasing uh, uh, tax information, um, you know, they should have nothing to worry about. Right. Um, what? But national security uh Information, yeah, that's uh, that's that becomes a, a, a different ball game, right mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, Snowden released supposedly uh, national security information. I, I don't know exactly what all he he leaked. However, if he was leaking just meta metadata you know, phone numbers and stuff like that, just to say, you know, here it is, but did not uh, unmask anybody or anything like that, that becomes a fuzzy line to me. Right, right. Uh, But from my understanding, and I will admit I did not read all the documents Mm -hmm. that he gave to WikiLeaks and stuff, so I don't know what information you know, he brought out with him. But it was, a, a, you know, supposedly a real treasure trove of information. So, uh, you know, now, that would what do be you, a no-no. What do you guys think about the uh, the Patriot Act? Nas, I'll start with you on this. What do you think about the Patriot Act? Do you think it's, a, it's good for the United States or it's something that uh, is unconstitutional? Yeah, that, that gets into what we talked about earlier. Terrorism only works if you're terrorized. Uh, They knew they had a certain mood in the country at the time. Anybody who said anything outside of that was called unpatriotic and shouted down. And Mm -hmm. that's the climate of fear to where you get bad legislation. Uh, The radio host, uh, Dan Carlin, he always says he wishes for a cooling off period after a major event to where no Mm -hmm. legislation just randomly gets passed all of a sudden because of the moment that we're in. Uh, Because you need time for people to handle either the new normal or just handle something that was significant. 
But if you just rush through with legislation, man, that's where you get some of the worst legislation you can get. And the Patriot Act, in my mind, falls under that. Right. What do you think, Boyd? Well, I don't know if I've been affected by the Patriot Act or or you not. You probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't, even if you even if you were. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. issue. <laughs> but you know, uh, I haven't seen any signs of surveillance. Uh, I I know that they're probably uh, uh, have a big uh, scam going on everybody, you know, especially mm-hmm. like on Facebook or something like that, see what they're posted and stuff like that. But, you know, if if that be the case, then uh, I wouldn't be the only one that would be uh, picked up. Right. You know. Right. Well, I mean, it, it just seems like, you know, for example, uh, you know, if we want to go back into something like that, we can look at what happened with the IRS and how they were targeting conservative uh um, organizations, uh, dot orgs and, uh, conservatives. And if a whistleblower that. doesn't leak, do we ever find that out? Not, right. not going to the, the, the Patriot Act point though. I mean, just think about it, man. You're let's say on Facebook, you say a certain word a lot, or you type a certain word a lot. And mm-hmm. it just so happens that white supremacist group, uh, types that cer- that same certain word. And now the algorithm picks you up and puts you in the same bucket as them. And when we talk mm-hmm. about the Patriot Act, we're talking about, uh, detention without any charges for prolonged periods. Can't see a lawyer, nothing. What yep. are you charged with? Don't worry about it. That's that's a little much, man. So I, I've never been in favor of that law. Yeah, I, I don't think I have. And like I said, I, I'm, um, I have a, a predominantly conservative views. And, uh, you know, that guy you were talking about, Nas, I think he has the right idea about there should be a cooling off period because a lot of our bad legislation throughout our country's history was passed during times of heightened passion or, or, uh, or something that tragically happened to the United States. And, you know, it's funny uh, that it's, what, uh, 15 years later, 17 years, 16 years later, that after 9-11 happened, and nobody has, has uh, you know, on the Democrat side or the Republican side, has brought that up saying that it was unconstitutional and wants to get it all, except for some of the libertarians and wants to get, and wants to get that off the plate. So what's that tell you right there? Right. And it's security that they can't actually provide because random events of terror can't happen. There's no state that can fully save you from that. And this goes to that Benjamin Franklin, those who would trade freedom for or freedom for security end up with neither. So you got this huge security apparatus that essentially just tries to deter and, you know, dissuade and show that we're, you know, we're on, we're on guard and everything. But look, man, that Mm -hmm. TSA guy working for 10 bucks an hour is not really like some kind of huge strategic counterterrorism thing. Like, so I, (laughs) I think we gave up way more than we got. Yeah. And not only that, look what happened during the Boston bombing. And I, I use that as a prime example of um, our ourselves as liberties being taken away from us during a time of duress. Yeah. I mean, look at how those cops were going in and out of those, those houses. And, uh, you know, uh, by the, by, you know, our, 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 even by the law, they weren't supposed, they're not allowed to go in unless they have a probable cause, but they right. were going through each and every one of those houses and just storming through them. 
And everybody was watching this on the national television and they were cheering this shit, you know? And I tell you what, I got a lot of crap about that as a conservative when I, and I heard a lot of our conservative, my conservative friends stand up going, yay, look at them. They're doing what they're doing. They're hunting them down. They're going to kill them. It's like, they shouldn't be doing that. That's unconstitutional. No illegal searches or seizures. Yeah. Yeah. And, it happened on national television. It happened on worldwide television, and everybody was watching it happen and cheering it on, and uh, and nobody said a damn thing about it. Now, what would have happened if you wouldn't have opened that, open your door, and said, and just when you or when you open your door, you told them, no, they're not here. You can go away. Go to the next one. I'm surprised. I I I would be curious as to see what would have happened if they would have uh, busted in, and uh, you know, uh, to a house that didn't have any of those. Uh, uh, you know, two dudes in it, and uh, just because that guy or girl didn't want them to come in the house, I'm I'm curious to see what would have happened in, in the event. Of course, of course, unfortunately, that never happened. Everybody was just, and it's scary because there there you go again with the with how dumbed down the American people are at this point. They were just opening their doors and letting them in. Yeah, you know, sick. It, it it's it's scary. Yeah. It certainly is. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it's um, and, you know, I've always been a, a huge supporter of, of what the police do because it's not an easy job. You know, it definitely isn't an easy job, it, especially nowadays. So, you know, with with everybody having a cell phone and being able to record every little thing you say or do and every everything you that you, that you do as a police officer, you know, be, is scrutinized, whether you're right or wrong, you know. And but at the same time, during during the time that that happened, um, to me, when, when I couldn't believe what I was watching on national television, I couldn't I couldn't believe that these guys were the, the police the police were just running through houses, and just it, even if they were there or they weren't there, they were just running through houses like it was nothing, like it was okay, and uh, it was uh, it's definitely it's definitely scary, and that's that's where the Patriot Act comes back into play. There, it's like none nobody. And I'm surprised that uh, Trump, being an outsider, hasn't said anything about the Patriot Act. At least I haven't heard him say anything. Have any of you? No, I haven't heard no. anything. No. Nope. No. So do you, you think? So do you think, as a citizen, we need to get this this legislation off the plate, or uh, or do you think it'll never happen? I, I mean, I don't see it happening because I think normally when it comes up for uh, them to, uh, it's some option they have to trigger to, re, you know, to. Uh, Mm-hmm. instituted for a few more years every right. time that comes up it's like we're hearing it afterwards like there's no huge discussion across the country about should we extend the patriot act so i i don't know man yeah that might have sailed uh, away <laughs> well yeah go ahead the please. uh yeah the the patriot act, patriot act has a uh sunsetter clause in it which means it's effective from one date to the next Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, and, and it would go away if they didn't uh, uh, vote vote it back up and change the dates on it. You know, the ending date. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how, the, you know, when when you're seeing that the uh, uh, Patriot Act comes up every once in a while in uh, Congress and stuff like that. Is due to that it's coming up on its uh, sunset clause inside the act. Right. 
All right. Well, I guess we beat that dead horse. Uh, we'll go. We'll go on to something else, a little bit more uplifting. <laughs> so, what do you guys think about what you know? It's it's, it's the talk of the town this week. Uh, you know, because he's been on trial or he's been in front of that 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 Senate committee all week, uh, talking about Comey. Uh, so, do you guys? Uh, you know, the big question out there, and it and it, it depends on what news source you read. Uh, one news source says he didn't. One news source said he did. So. And I'll start with uh, Boyd this time. Uh, do you think Comey exonerated Trump, or he didn't? Well, the way I I saw it was that the I didn't get a chance Comey to watch gave, it. I didn't. I didn't see it completely either. Um. So, but from the. Uh, Testimony that that I've heard coming out, mm-hmm. you know, on both sides of the aisle, you know, was that it was pretty much a wash. Uh, right. There were some new there were some new revelations here, and new revelations there. So um, they seemed to watch out each other. Mm-hmm. So nobody won, nobody lost. Um, at least as far as the testimony goes. Right. Now, uh, further investigation into Comey, his act, his act as, as a leaker himself, you know, I think he's in uh, uh, jeopardy there. Um, so you think he leaked some information? Of, uh, uh, well, he admitted to it. He admitted to it on the stand. See, I didn't uh, see that. In, 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 yeah, he admitted to it in the uh, stand. Um, yeah, that, after he uh, was fired, though, so he was a private citizen. So, Well, supposedly, uh, you know, nobody knew how his, you know, his memo to himself uh, got out before... Uh, Testimony or anything like that, and got to the New York Times, mm-hmm. and was printed in the New York Times even before Trump put out his so-called tweet that forced his supposedly forced his hand. Um, right. Now, the other aspect of that is is that at the time that he wrote that memo, he was still director of the FBI, which. Mm-hmm in turns make makes that memo to himself government property. Right. Everything 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 that you write, you know, concerning your job or uh aspects of your job is, you know, as long as you're employed by the federal government, is the federal government's. Right, right. And um he released, you know, a federal document. Without authorization. Hey, that's something to think about for sure. What's your take, Nas? Yeah, yeah, I did watch it, and it was really interesting. And honestly, I think Trump is in trouble. Uh, this would be another scandal he's going to have to live with. But uh, when you see Paul Ryan's defense of Trump's new to this, he doesn't have experience, so he's going to make some mistakes, I think you kind of understand how this is going to go. Because when you're dealing with somebody like Comey, remember he's a lawyer. 
So mm-hmm. he's not putting out these things haphazardly. He's not documenting things haphazardly. He's building a case. And that's why certain questions he couldn't answer during the open session because he didn't want to mess up Mueller's case, and he wants to pass on a lot of stuff to him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's some revenge to this, but there's also you were dealing with a lawyer, and he knew policies and procedures, and when Trump acted outside of that, that really disturbed him because he's a, you know, a law and order by the book guy. So if you right. do something outside of that, he's going to start documenting. That's kind of what those people do. <laughs> if you ever dealt with a lawyer, y'all know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Trump made a huge mistake on this one, man. It becomes, it looks like you're trying to obstruct. It looks like you're trying to use the office to intimidate. It looks like you're trying to push, push out, push around another uh, department. Uh, even if that was never the intention, even if it was, he was just honestly asking questions or honestly just saying things, it doesn't right. matter. It's the look of it. So that, that's the trouble he has. So you're basically saying you think uh, Trump's mouth is getting him in trouble this time? Yeah, same old story. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess you're right about that. It, it seems like once he get, once he gets himself in in, uh, in in predicaments like that, it's like he uh, he's like he's a fifth grader all over again. And now I, I agree. From what little bit that I've seen on it, I think that uh, um, I don't know. I just think this gave the the left, uh, at least Democrats, more fuel for the fire. Is this something that's going to get him <laughs> impeached or put out of office? No, it's nowhere near. That kind yeah. of, you know, that kind of mess up there. But I, right. I I don't understand why so many Trump supporters didn't expect this kind of thing to happen from time to time. He has no experience in government. There are going to be things that he just doesn't know or doesn't think through as far as how it would look with that office. Like he's got at a certain point, you got to remember you're the president and the power dynamic when somebody comes into the room with you is always on your side. So the mm-hmm. things you do and say as a real estate guy, you can't do as the president. Right, right. Boy, you had something to add to that? <clears throat> yeah, I was I was going to say, you know, Trump's not uh, afraid to say what's on his mind. Um, but yet, uh, you know, Trump can always now, thanks to Comey, fall back on it wasn't my intent because that's what a Comey did with Hillary. You know, when he let her kind of off the hook, you know, she didn't have the intent to pass on uh, classified documents and stuff when it went to her email server instead of the government server, like it was supposed to. And she didn't have any intent when she erased all of her emails and stuff like mm. that. Well, Trump can always fall back on his on his words and say, well, that's not what I meant. That wasn't my intent. So Trump is off the hook. Thanks right, to right. Comey. Well, yeah, you I, don't, know. I don't think that's how it works. That's the other interesting part, though. Did y'all see the Loretta Lynch part to where Comey yeah. talked about them pressurizing him to do that investigation on Hillary. And he's saying, look, this is, you know, right before the election, this might not be a good idea to announce this. And they told him to do it, but don't call it an investigation. And he said, I don't trust the media to handle this responsibly. I think they're going to turn it into investigation and call it that. And that's going to be a problem. 
and we may influence some people in the election, and and that's exactly what happened. So I mean, that a lot of that stuff about Lynch in the airport with Clinton, boy, looks looks like uh, that's some shady <laughs> maybe shit. Trouble for her. Yeah, 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 I definitely agree with you on that. Um, and and mm-hmm. it's it, you know that was pretty evident at the time, and you know people a, a lot of we may be a dumbed down society, but the majority of us, or at least a few of us, you know, have a, have a couple of brain cells left that can figure that shit out. So, you know what, you know, just something isn't right in that bowl of Cheerios over there. And that, you know, and something's, something's not yeah. right on that tarmac, you know? And, uh, but again, the left's still talking about impeachment. So you don't think they have a case? No, I don't think we'll see something like that. I think the president has to do something really, really, really egregious for, to do a transfer of power because people like stability more than anything. So a nation typically does everything it can to hold somebody in office until that term is up. So I, I don't think he's done, done anything to where you're going to find that. Now some people around him may end up in trouble or, or pushed out, but I don't think it's, it's going to go all the way up to him. But man, that, that, that point about putting that out right before the election is really, really extreme as well, man. Like, Right. That that is that was usually irresponsible. I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again. To where you you put out some information about an investigation uh, right before an election. Now, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, well, right. well, no matter no 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 matter what you call it, if you call it a matter, it's an investigation. <laughs> right. so I, you know, it, if if they're looking into to a matter, they're investigating it. Mm-hmm. You know, to see if it's if it's a crime or not. Just like if there's a crime committed, they investigate the crime to see if there's a crime committed, if there's evidence to prove the crime. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just a play on words. But well, right. well, just Still, think about this: if they had told, done that to Trump <laughs> before the election, Trump supporters would say that's the Hillary machine. See, see what they did, like. Mm-hmm. It was just a horrible thing to do before an election. Like that's banana republic style. Yeah. But but you know here's here's the thing. <clears throat> okay, they were playing on words when you know uh, an investigation into a matter, uh, whether it's a, <laughs> a, a, a yeah. <laughs> how, how do you, how do you get around that? And how do you get around the fact that she told him to call it a matter and not an investigation? Right. Uh, now, at at that point, you know, that that at, in and of itself doesn't mean obstruction of justice, but it does mean collusion, mm-hmm. you know, because they're, they're trying to make, make a bad thing. Uh, they're trying to make what looks to be bad not look so bad. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing, though. This was this was more about Anthony Weiner, who actually took the hammer for for that little investigation. Like this, this wasn't one of Hillary's yep. many transgressions. This was one of the few times where Hillary could get on that stand and say, "I am not guilty of this this time." <laughs> like she, <laughs> this was no, one of the few times between. where. She wasn't the one. It was Anthony Weiner, but she got the, you know, she took the fall. Because like you it said, was, they called it, it a matter, but everybody considered it an investigation, and it hurt her. It wasn't, it wasn't Anthony Weiner, though. It ended up on his computer. Now, how did it get on his computer? 
and who was his, who is his wife, and why did they end up on his computer? Are you talking about uh, Huma, uh, whatever her name is? Yes. Yeah, I can't think yeah, of what her Aberdeen. name is. Huma Abedin. Yeah. Uh, there we go. There we go. Uh huh. And yeah, you know, was she under Hillary's direction to save the emails to get rid of them? No, this is wow. a separate investigation, though, from the original email investigation. This is a whole nother one. Mm-hmm. And that was uh-huh. why Comey didn't want to pursue it so close to the election. And they ended up not finding anything on her, but the damage was already done. So right, I, right. It's a mistake. Hey, from what little I've seen of it, and again, I I, I didn't watch the whole, the whole thing. I, I kind of wish I would have now that I've seen, you know, I've seen a lot of highlights about it. And, uh, you know, I, I, have been watching the, 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 uh, the news sources, uh, you know, review, uh, testimony and everything. What about, uh, let me get you guys as, uh, into in, input on this. Did it look like McCain was just lost in the sauce? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Where was that dude at during that whole thing? Man, I don't know what happened to McCain. <laughs> he sounded bad. His question wasn't clear. I don't know what he was doing, man. That was. That was a little strange, man. I don't know about old John. Yeah, I think his I think his days are numbered. I think he needs to retire and call it a day. <laughs> you know, and again, I get a lot of crap as a conservative and as a veteran because uh I'm not a huge John McCain supporter. I think he's a crackpot. And uh, you know, personally I think he's a piece of shit because I think he let a lot of veterans uh down. Um I talked about that earlier in the show when I went on my veteran rant. Uh, but, uh, you know, just to see him and it's like he's progressively going he's progressively going downhill uh, little by little. And, and everything that he says or if he's trying to, to get on, uh, um, you know, on his tirade on social media or, or what have you, he's just very incoherent. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if the guy's got some type of dementia or something. <laughs> yeah, but but the funny thing is journalists know he'll give them a good quote, so they're always calling him, and he'll give them one of those one-liners that'll be a headline, and they get clicks and views and, and some money. But yep. it, it's always either way too over-the-top ridiculous or it's something that's really big, and he's understating it. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, he he's a weird dude. Yeah, he certainly is. I just – uh I thought, and he was the reason, uh, well, he was one of the main reasons. And, and not only that, I bought in the whole, the whole hope and change bullshit. Anyhow, uh, he was one of the main reasons why I voted for Obama in his first term. Because <laughs> I definitely crossed party lines on that because, uh, you know, when he picked Palin as his vice president, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. And the Republican party was all behind it. And I know that's in the past and everything, but, it's just it just goes to show you that uh, you know and again they keep they keep reelecting these idiots back into office and I just don't get it. Nancy Pelosi is the same way. Sometimes you hear her talk and it's like, really, you've been doing this for thirty years. <laughs> How the hell are you getting reelected back into office over and over again? And you sound like a damn idiot. <laughs> you know. And we were talking about well, this yeah. the other day. We were talking about this the other day. Um, you know. Uh, we were, and it was a, it was an ongoing joke for uh, for uh, last week. Um, a friend of mine were were talking about how uh, the uh, the um, the idiot population has exploded, and they used to be one to a village, but now they're every freaking where. <laughs> I wouldn't argue with that. I wouldn't argue with that. And they're in office too. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't get it. It's, it's funny to see that. And yeah, again, he's, he's one of those guys that just like Nancy Pelosi on the opposite side of the spectrum there, they're very prominent people, you know, in their, uh, in their, uh, um, you know, in their, in their areas of operations are very prominent folks. And, I just don't know what people see in them to re-invite them back into their office every single term. I just don't get it. I don't know. People really are that stupid, I guess. So, all right, I'm going to yeah. ask one more and, question and here, and then we're going to go, go ahead, Boyd. Yeah, and I was going to tell you, I voted for McCain because he picked Palin. Oh, and boy. Not for, not, for, boy. not for the... <laughs> Well, <laughs> well no, you are from Alaska, so. <laughs> yeah, I did because I wanted her out of our governor's office. Period. <laughs> you can't kick her out and push her on everybody else. <laughs> oh man! I think you're the first Alaskan I heard say that, boy. That was a Republican or or uh, or the, uh, the conservative, rather. Oh wow! Yeah, the That's funny, funny thing is that was Bannon's practice run. Like Bannon really kind of shaped her up and got her, he got her on a higher stage than anybody ever thought she could she could enter. And now we see the same thing with Trump, man. He actually got the win. So I think yeah. people kind of underestimate Bannon sometimes, man. I don't like him at all, and I hate his ideology. Mm-hmm. But hey, man, that's a that's a formidable opponent right there. Yeah, kingmaker, man. Definitely. Palin on the on the ticket, hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with a lot of his ideologies either, but he definitely is a kingmaker, that's for sure. Yeah. So, I'm going to ask a question and I'm going to kind of close the show out. Um and uh we had we had gotten on this discussion, you know, with everything that had transpired this week this week and I know he's only 6 months into his term and he's got 3 more years if he lasts that long. And uh you know, so there's a lot of time left, but if you were to put something on or if you were to ask this question today to, to folks, uh, um, and the same question I'm about to ask you guys, uh, what would you think? You think you think Trump's going to run for another term? I would say no. I don't think he likes governing. I don't think he likes how difficult it is, uh, how much minutia he has to deal with, and just, just the unexpected that he, he didn't really, I guess he didn't really think about. I think mm-hmm. winning the election was the most important thing to him, and he's already done that. And why even take the chance in losing? And I just don't think he's enjoying himself. I think he'd much rather be uh, living his old lifestyle, uh, making the decisions there, not having to worry about blowback rather than dealing with what he deals with now. And I, I, I think he also kind of takes it to heart when people don't like him, which is a difficult thing as a president because you're going to have a huge part of the country not like you, period, no matter what yeah. president you are. Yeah, you definitely have to have I, I some thick skin. I don't think he enjoys it. What do you think, yeah. Boyd? Uh, I think it's a little too early for me to make a prediction that way right now. Uh, you know, he hasn't been in office for a full year yet. And, you know, hell, he's just still getting his cabinet together. He still right. hasn't gotten the, all the Obama holdovers out of office, which he needs mm-hmm. to do ASAP. Right. Um, and uh, I'll say I, I, I wouldn't venture a guess until after 2018. 
Uh, All right, so, you, so you're going to give it a if, year before you kind of make your mind up on that? Uh, another an, another year, yeah. Uh, see what we'll see how the 2018 election starts to uh, pan out. I mm-hmm. I've you know. Well, think about my, this though. Uh, in in my in, in my <laughs> gut right now, yeah, in my gut right now, you know, I feel the 2018. We're going to see a lot of new faces in Congress. And I'm not necessarily saying that the, the faces are going to be Democrats either. Right. I think a lot of I think a lot of these boys uh, are going to end up getting primaried um, by the people who put Trump in office because mm-hmm. you know they're they're seeing who's who's doing what to whom, and. Uh, you know, Trump plays his cards right. You know, with the, with the Republicans still fighting him, and mm-hmm. of course the Democrats are and the Democrats are fighting him. You know, all he has to do is tell his supporters. You know, there's I can't do anything with these people. You know, and and the Republicans right now in office. Uh, are are fighting Trump and they are going to be on the choppy block come primary time. Right. I think the I th- I think the uh the folks out here in the in the real world are seeing that. And, you know, hopefully they will take matters into their own hands. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, but if this they, is the easy they, part they, though. Uh, <laughs> this is the easy part. You're governing with control of everything, and this should be the breezy part. But he's bringing up policies that actually affect those those congressmen and congresswomen in places to where he should have support, but he's putting them in danger of not winning reelection. So that becomes a situation. Now you got inter party fighting, but hell, you, you're causing it. Stop letting Paul Ryan write policy. He's not good at it. Stop, right. stop listening to people like that and coming up with these, these bills. Come up with more sensible bills that, that will help those people retain their seats, and they'll be right behind you. But the, the, the way that they're doing things is making but, it to where, okay, you're going to have some Dems in in 2018, here's, and you lose that, you know, you, you lose that, that carte blanche that you had and not taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Well, let's put it this way. He supposedly has carte blanche with with uh, with supposedly this Congress with the House and the Senate, but the House and the Senate are not playing. He, you know, you got to remember now, Trump ran on a platform, okay, mm-hmm. of what he's going to do, what he wants to do, all right? And the people said, yes, do it. That's what we want. Now then, He's trying to do that. Um, he is not getting cooperation from supposedly his own party. Now, uh, the people who Boyd, voted Boyd, Trump, I hate to say this to you, but you're sounding like Democrats in 2010. I had to walk some of those people off of the ledge when they kept trying to explain away why – it wasn't Obama's fault that things weren't getting done that he promised on the campaign trail. And I kept telling him he's not the guy you think but, he is. 
And but, I think that's what's going on with Trump, man. He said a lot to get elected. Will he have the force to yeah, try to but, get those things done? It but, doesn't look like it. But, but Nosh, hang on just a second, okay? All right. Uh, what happened at, after 2010 was he lost the House. So he he wasn't going to get anything done. Um, and he, then he lost the Senate. So that doubled down on what he was and wasn't going to get done. Mm-hmm. Now look at look at what uh, Reagan accomplished. Okay, he went out and he took his case to the American people of of what he's trying to do and what he's trying to do, and he told the people, you know, that he needs help in Congress and and help in the Senate, and those people jumped on their representatives and their uh, senators and told them either do or retire or be retired. Okay. At that point in time, you know, people started to swing around and work with Reagan instead of against him. Yeah. Yeah, But you see the wishful thinking you're doing, you're going to a whole nother administration (laughs) instead of going to the one that was directly before this and is really comparable. Because remember Obama didn't push for much during that period where he did have control of all chambers of power. Why? Mm -hmm. Because that's not what he wanted. He just campaigned on that stuff to get elected. And we're seeing the same thing with Trump. Oh, build a wall. I need the money for the wall. No, you can't have it. Okay. Forget it. Like that kind of thing. (laughs) On things that you promised, like like I said, this looks like Obama all over again, and make America great again is starting to look like hope and change. Right, right. Well, uh, I want to thank Nas and I want to thank Boyd both for uh, coming on the show tonight. Uh, you actually made my night go a lot better and a lot faster. Thought I was going to have to do this alone tonight. So, uh, gentlemen, I appreciate uh, you coming on the War Room. Uh, for those of you listening out there, we do have a Monday PA politics. It's called the Landing Zone, the LZ. So join us in the LZ Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, that'll be over on um, AmericanPatriotRadio.com. So, again, I thank everybody that popped into the chat room. Uh, I thank uh, Boyd and Nas for uh, hanging out with me. And uh, thanks for everybody for listening into the show tonight. Uh, um, I always love it. I always love uh, coming out and doing these shows. I get motivated to do them. I look forward to them um, every week. And again, we'll have one more BTR show next week on the 17th, and then we will be all but moved over to American Patriot Radio. So make sure you go over there, register, get on the website, or get on, get in the chat room, and at least know what the uh, the new number will be so you can call in when we go live over there, but we'll still keep our same time. So again, ladies and gentlemen, um, God bless America, God bless the troops and veterans, and God bless the USA. And again, thank you, and good night, everybody. I appreciate you coming on to the show. Glorious, no-